0: This is the Shoot Once podcast. I'm Frank Walker. Welcome, everyone, to the Shoot Once podcast. Uh, another week of well waiting around, but hey, it's been interesting to say the least. At least there's still stuff for us to talk about, so we do want to get that going. Do thank you for being another you know joining us for another show here on the Hockey Podcast Network. So. We're hitting kind of an interesting time in all of this, at least in my mind. And uh, what I'm what I'm seeing here, I mean, just a couple of things to kind of start off the show. Uh, Pierre LeBron uh, on Twitter this uh, today posted a reminder that the NHL is willing to delay the start of the ne- of next season until November in order to finish off this season, if possible in summer hockey. NHL believes they can play a full season next year, starting in November cancel all-star games slash bye weeks, play playoffs into June of 21. Now, for all you who remember, the playoffs do normally run into June anyway, at least the end of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and the bye week the players get is part of the trade-off for the all-star game being a three-on-three event. So I can see where the NHL says to themselves, hey, we can get some extra time there if we need to push back the start of next season. Now, I was, uh, ESPN put out a pretty good article today. I understand for some people saying ESPN did something good on hockey is bad, but I, I tend to like what ESPN does on hockey anymore. I think they've got a good team there with, between Emily Kaplan, Greg Wyshynski, and uh, Dmitry Filipovich does some writing for them, which I do like. Uh, and they do kind of a nice little weekly just kind of update on what's going to happen. Essentially, it's just what we already know. The NHL has saying all options are on the table. There may be these weird neutral site games with no fans. Maybe they'll still have games with fans, nobody really knows. Yada yada yada. This is my first soapbox for the week. I any time now that you see something on Twitter or you see something at all talking about how hockey may still happen this season, there is immediately a huge group of people who come up with this whole, oh, why are they still doing this? Just just pack it in already. You're not gonna play this season. Why are we still playing this game? Those people, stop it. Just be quiet. I, I get it. We're all miserable. Things aren't, I mean, we're not all miserable. I'm. I, I've, my, I, my particular situation said it very well to deal with all this. But there's a lot of people who seem like to act like there's this moral obligation for the NHL to have to shut down right now. And that's crazy. That's ridiculous. And then some people immediately go to the whole, oh, this is just about the money. Well, yeah, the NHL is a business. Teams are a business. The players are doing this because they get paid. Obviously, there's a lot of money involved. As fans, we are the only ones who are involved in this that are not making money. That's where we're at. I do this show. I join the Hike Podcast Network. Guess what I'm not doing, guys? Getting rich off this stuff. I'm just enjoying it because I love it and it's fun. But I don't, I, at no point have I looked at these players, the teams, and thought, man, they really need to, they need to worry about the, uh, oh, they need to worry about something other than money in this. No, they're players. Of course they're going to worry about the money involved and, and what's going on there. So I don't begrudge them that. And and the thing is, they have time right now to think about what they want to do. They don't have... I, I apologize if I keep looking over to the right here, but I'm just... Uh, I guess you guys, you guys, I'm looking to the, the right. Yeah. Um, but it, they have time. They can take their time, think about options, Let things play out. All these people online playing that they know, talking about like they know what's going to happen next. Nobody knows what's going to happen next. Six weeks ago, if you had told any of us that this is what was going to happen, we would thought you were crazy. Now, I'm not saying that in six weeks, everything's going to go right back to how it was and magically everything will be fine. But there's a lot of factors involved in what could happen next. Uh, I mean, we're gonna say that. I mean, the, the idea of a, like a miracle vaccine showing up is ridiculous. I, I think that one's probably right out. But does the U.S. get this contained? Does the thing react differently to uh, uh, weather? I don't know. That's the deal. Nobody knows. Do we get to a point where you know what? Filling up arenas doesn't make sense. But we've got this thing kind of tracked. We've got some drugs that seem to be working pretty well for it. And we can do games for like for a television production. I could see that happening. That That's something that I don't think is beyond the realm of possibility. And I know Drew Dowdy came out today to did the interview. Uh, they did one of these zoom interviews. They had a bunch of players on and he said something about how he didn't think they would play and how uh, even if somebody won, it wouldn't feel like they won a real Stanley cup. And then he said something about how he knows how the player, uh, Survey, he wasn't that high. He ranked that high for an defenseman. as the best defenseman in the league. Sounded like a lot of sour grapes from him, honestly. Because uh, I think somebody even asked, you know, if your team was closer to the playoffs, would you think this was more of a possibility? And he said, well, yeah. So it just... I mean, the players don't know what's going to happen. The commissioner doesn't know what's going to happen. Honestly, if you go to the people who are going to make the decisions right now, they probably couldn't tell you. So for there to be stories written and for the NHL to go through and say, we're going to make a bunch of plans. We're going to make a bunch of contingency plans. We're going to do right up, you know, 15, 20 different options, and we'll figure it out from there. That just makes sense. So to not do that, I think, would be a silly action, something strange. But either way, it's a um, it's an interesting time uh, to see what's going to happen next. And and what I liked is over the last couple of weeks, and this is what I really liked about The Athletic, and you're going to notice me citing a lot of Athletic articles today, especially in our first video version of the podcast. Hopefully this works. Last week I tried it. There was some major issues with how I did it. Hopefully this one works. Um, the Athletic this week wrote about uh, a couple of players that were, a couple of players that, uh, as far as the future of the team, and uh, for the Blue Jackets. And the two players that I mentioned here are... Uh, Kirill Merchenko, who's a winger out of Russia, and... Oh, stuff isn't scrolling. Uh, Dmitry uh, Varankov. Now, I'm trying not to cover all this up because I don't want to make people the athletic mad because I'm putting all their stuff online where anybody can read it. But the the idea is that we've got these players coming. And uh, Varankov is a center. The comparison he's getting is Boone Jenner. Uh, kind of just that hardworking center um, who's going to be a, a kind of a solid guy on your team. And uh, Marchinkov, uh, Kirill there, he is getting, he is getting uh, comparisons to Philip Forsberg as far as a high-skilled winger. Uh, the thing that's going to kind of think for the Blue Jackets is the timing these players are coming in. Because when you look at where they're at, because right now both of them are still playing in the KHL. But when you look at where we are as far as the salary cap goes. Um, so, uh, the center of uh, Vronkov there. The plan is that he will be here 21-22. And I'm making sure I'm seeing this right. Yeah, 21-22 is when he would show up. And... Uh, Marchenko there would be the next season, so 22, 23. Now, Mark Varankov, when he's being talked about, it's kind of as that third line center. pierre Dubois Dubois obviously our number one. There's been a lot more talk about how Alexander Texier is going to line up, be that second line center for this team. And if Varankov's our third line center, that would give you a great one, two, three right down the middle. Um, that that I've got at least in the in the terms of Dubois and Texier players who are skilled players who can be great centers there. And then with uh, Kirill there, when he comes over, it'll be a great winger. So by this 21, 22, 22, 23 season, and and we've talked on this show before about how this team's championship window, that's when it actually starts showing up in a lot of ways. Um, and, And part of that is that some of these great players we've got, who are so young, will be starting to hit primes in their career at that point. And that's really what we want to see out of those players. So with getting those two at that point, those dates, the 21-22 season and 22-23, it lines up really well for what the Blue Jackets may be going forward. Uh, so I am I see a lot to like there with what's going to happen. Um, so I'm, I'm personally very excited for that. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see with those players, how this all works out, because... This article was really written before the ideas, uh, before everything with coronavirus has taken place. Now, why is that important? We've already got news that some KHL teams, they're not 100% sure how financially solvent they're going to be. Now, it's the KHL, so I could fully see that if a team one of these guys is assigned to starts falling apart, the KHL saying, oh, well, you can just go play for another KHL team for the time being and fulfill your contract. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Uh, something else that's been happening. The Athletic put out a good, interesting deal. Uh, beat writer's preview of the 2020 draft lottery. Now, depending on how who, how you count who's in the playoffs right now, the Blue Jackets might not normally be in this, but for the purposes of what they did here, they are. And it's because they went by points percentage. For Blue J- you have the Blue Jackets the last pick that would still be considered a lottery pick. Again, I would highly recommend subscribing to Athletic. Take a look at all these, But we're going to look take a look at the Blue Jackets one here. Connor Zary, And this is the pick they have. Again, the way these things work, if you've never seen them, is essentially they just tell all the writers, hey, who would you take here? Who would you take here until we get there? And as you can see here, um, the idea of taking a, a center uh, is very good. This is a player who, as some people have put up, and I'll, we'll look at Pranman's take here specifically. I really like Zari's game. I think he would be a fine value at number fifteen. He's got the potential to become a two-line center. I think he's talented enough to pack Texier on the depth chart if he gets a little quicker and hits his high side. It, what it's saying is this season, this particularly this off-season, guys, uh, when we hit this draft, this is a fir- This is the draft they've talked about for years in terms of depth. Um, the top players, Lafarnier and and Byfield, are both going to be really good players. Now we're not talking. Connor McDavid-type players, but they're going to be really good. And the really interesting thing about this draft is they're looking at almost the whole first round being players that are all kind of like, yeah, yeah, he's going to be a good NHLer. They're not all going to be superstars, but they all could be good NHLers. And when you look at the Blue Jackets team, how it's currently built, picking up one more piece that could step right into the lineup would be huge because this team is so young and has so many big years ahead of it. And and when we're looking at this, and I, I like that I've got trying to do this video stuff. Again, I'm trying to make sure the show still works if you're not doing video on it. But the way the way our team is structured, the reason we keep talking about the 21-22 season is being the hope. The and, and again, maybe this team makes the playoffs and whatever's left of this season, how they do it, maybe they make a miracle run and win a Stanley Cup. I would be super happy to not be you know to not have to wait on that. But if you go to catfriendly.com, or if you're watching the video feed, you can see it this right. way. Uh, this team is set up to where in 21-22 we will have Bjorkstrand just hitting it, you know, being at 27. We'll still have uh, the end of of Cam Atkinson's high end. I uh, will be at Gustav Nyquist. We'll be at his high end. We will be looking at. Um, le Dubois just starting to hit his prime you'll have some players get a little more uh, uh, experience between like a, say like an Eric Robinson or a, or a um, an Emil Bemstrom starting to show that that additional something it'll be Boone Jenners last year of his current deal we'll see what happens with him there but you'll have still have a, a young Zach Korinsky uh, still have a, a very young, still a pretty young Seth Jones. And one of these great goalies, either Jonas Kabalow, Elvis versus Lincolns, and this great defensive core still. So that's where I think that window opens for this team, and and it'll be interesting to see the the players they've already gotten the pipeline adding on to it. And it, it's also one of those things where a lot of times you see rankings of the different different groupings around the league, uh, the different um, farm systems, and the Blue Jackets have been getting a low ranking on that for a few years. And, and I think part of it is the Blue Jackets' indifference from a lot of teams because they were in a strange place. Because when Yarmo took over, almost right away they were a bubble playoff team. But the thing about being a bubble playoff team is you're not quite good enough still, but you're not far off, but he kind of cycled through a lot of guys. As far as a lot of the older veterans started kind of cycling off the team. And you started bringing on, I mean, because again, there's no um, Wisniewski anymore. There's no Jack Johnson. There was, uh, i trying to think of that center who went to Florida, and then uh, Derek Broussard, or not Derek Broussard, but we did trade Derek Broussard. There's uh, that center who went to Florida and then went to New York after that, to the Islanders. There's a lot of players this team has kind of cycled through. We don't have Sergei Bobrovsky even anymore. He's This team is really becoming the vision of what Carmo did. At this point... By the time we hit that twenty-one, twenty-two window, with the exception of Cam Atkinson, just about every player on this team will be a team that was put on this organization by Yarmo Kekalainen, and so it's a it's a whole different vision. And that's part of why I think that that farm system for the Blue Jacks is so depleted is because they keep putting players in the majors. They keep whenever they get a good player in Cleveland, they earn their way up, and you get them on the big team. And I know for some people, it would be like, oh, but you haven't won anything with it yet. No, but this team is about as, with the exception of not winning a cup, I mean, they're pretty successful without winning a cup for the last few years. I mean, they've been in the playoffs, what, four straight years now. They've got as many wins as I think all but maybe maybe four or five teams in the NHL over the last few years. It's been a really good franchise being built up by what Yarmouth's done here. So I'm seeing a lot of reasons for positivity when it comes to that, especially with the players still coming up. The last article I want to talk about today, and this one, uh, the Athletic made for free. So if I show more of it, I don't think I'm that worried about it here. Uh, but again, if you, hopefully this works for the audio folks there, but they put up a really nice article about what's happening down in the arena district. Now the arena district is a place that is near and dear to the hearts of Blue Jackets fans because you know that's where we see games, where we experience a lot of excitement and emotion, and then heartbreak and all sorts of stuff. There's a lot of neat little places down there. I mean, I, it, it's kind of a shame that right before all this, we ran into the issue of the three-legged mare closing, and then the 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 Gordon uh, Beer uh, Restaurant closing. But you know, you still got the North Market down there, and you still got uh, some other nice places down there, and and Boston's and whatnot. And honestly, this article on the Athletic, I'd recommend again. With it being free, everybody go read it. Some of the things I didn't know about the places that I thought were great, I didn't know that our, that Boston Pizza there. I know it's a big chain in Canada. I didn't know it was locally owned by somebody in Columbus. Um, a lot of the chains down there are actually owned locally by Columbus folks. And obviously they're employed by local Columbus folks. So, I mean, it's, it's not a bad thing to eat at some of the chains because they still have local ownership. But the uh, the folks at Nationwide Realty, who really kind of you know own and lease most of the space down there in the arena district, uh, had something really cool happen where Nationwide uh, Realty essentially told them, don't worry about rent. Um, As I'm going to highlight here on the video part, but again, I'll tell you guys to go read it. On March 17th, Nationwide Realty Investors President Brian Ellis sent a letter to bar and restaurant owners informing them that they would not be responsible for paying rent during the pandemic. We have restaurants that were hurt by two different lockouts and hurt pretty significantly, Ellis told The Athletic. But the big difference is obvious. They weren't closed. These restaurants are shut down. And I mean, the rent in the arena district is not cheap. It's a high end place, all of that. So many of these places are staying open because of this, um, because they've been given this break. And again, the difference for the lockouts are, you concerts, people could still come in and eat. They could still just at least show up. Or what's going to be really big when we hit this part of April, okay, not only is, are the Blue Jackets not playing, but the Clippers aren't playing at their downtown their downtown venue, so the restaurants are kind of getting the double hit there. There's no concerts going, on, so they can't do that. It's just going to be a real rough time for those guys. But it's awesome to see Nationwide Realty stepping up. I, I joked on Twitter. It looks like Nationwide really is on your side, and that these guys are, are stepping up and helping helping these businesses out while everything's going going sideways here. So it it, it it's encouraging to see. Um. If you were asking me my personal knowledge, thought right now on whether we'll see hockey again, I don't know. again, guys, it'd be a dumb guess. and and I can give you that guess. Uh, my dumb guess, as far as somebody who doesn't really know what's going on with pandemics or anything more than just reading the news and trying to be informed that sort of stuff is that these is that these uh, my guess is that what we'll see, are games with no fans um, to finish up this season going in the next. And after a whole summer, I don't know what we'll see as far as next season goes. I do know I really want to be at the next game at Nationwide Arena whenever that happens because that place, the roof is going to be ready to blow off the place when it does. But I, I just, I don't know. Um, I, I'd love to say games are going to open up and it'll all be there and it'll be fun. We, we just don't know for now. And my personal preference, obviously for that, other than if, you know, we can't have regular things happen. I, I was kind of encouraged seeing the NHL was willing to push back the start of next season in the November. Because to me, seeing the culmination of the season is more important than next season just being a regular season. I honestly would be fine with us going into next season I'm starting even starting into December or January and having like a almost like a strike-shortened season. So I would rather have two seasons that have endings, two seasons that have playoffs and a Stanley Cup final, than I am one season where I just got most of the regular season with no playoffs or Stanley Cup, and then another regular season. I, I want two Stanley Cup runs. I want two playoff runs out of this. So that's that's where I stand on it. Thank you guys very much for listening. If you're trying this out on video, thank you very much for watching. Uh, thank you for listening again, and go Jackets. This has been the Shoot Once podcast. Follow us on Twitter at ShootOncePod.